Shalom and welcome to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. This is a recording of a Shabbat learning session with TBA rabbinic intern Ben Siegel. This week, uh, we're reading Matot Masay, uh, double Parsha, not split up this year. Um, and um, I want to focus on something actually the beginning of the second half of the Parsha um, and uh, the ideas that come out in that second half. Um, so um, for the sake of the Zoom crowd, I'll go ahead and read the text. Um, but there's a microphone around, so feel free um, to um, use the microphone when we're going back and forth on um, the discussion portion of it. So um, the second half of the Parsha starts out. Uh, These were the marches of the Israelites who started out from the land of Egypt, troop by troop in the charge of Moses and Aaron. And what follows is a recounting of where they march from and then where they encamp and then onwards and onwards along the way. Um, There's brief interludes here and there with a word about what happened in certain places, but generally speaking, it's a very, they went from here to here. They went from here to here. And that's what um, comes in at the this Parsha, which is if it's by itself, or even if it's a double Parsha, um, the end of the Book of Numbers. So this, uh, this upcoming week um, at Shabbos services, we'll be, saying Chazak Chazak um, for completing the book of Bamidbar and going into the last book of Torah. So I want to just start um, from that point without going into any of the commentaries. What might the value be in recounting the journey that's already taken place? It's maybe good to know where you were and where you are. Where So it's good to know where you were and where you are, just like from a sense of, okay, we this is the path that we traveled. I'm, yeah, I'm not talking about any particular, I'm not talking about this journey in particular. I'm just saying in general, what's the value of recounting a journey after you've well, undertaken I it? I had experienced something about Boo. Um, didn't have questions to ask. Oh, well, what question? Would you do it again? Was it worth it? Great. Um, yeah. yeah. So, so it's worth asking all sorts of different questions afterwards. What's, was there value in it? What did you get out of it? Would you do it again? Um, things like that. Yeah. She said far more eloquently than I would have said. I agree. <laughs> okay. Um, and I didn't repeat it far, nearly as eloquently as it was said. Um, but yeah, there's all sorts of different things we can look back at a journey and learn from the journey. Um, moving for taking um, lessons from the past and using them in future journeys. Yeah. Staking a claim. Our claim on, okay. Yeah, so it, it, the whole journey helps to stake a narrative claim at the very least, if not more than that, um, on the land of Israel. That's where we're headed. And now we have like the receipts to show that this is where we ended up. Okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So just so 
recap for people um, who are listening in that um, it, recounting a journey is um, it, it's proof that it actually happened to a certain extent. Yeah. 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 Journeys are. Yeah. Journeys are a lot, and there's value in looking back at the value of them. Um, contemporaneous documentation. Yeah. Yeah having a sense of what happened as it happened, because that's going to be the most accurate portrayal of what happened. Our memories start to slowly cloud over time, and it may not be the most accurate portrayal. There's a lot of things that can become a little bit rosier over time. There's a lot of things that can, on the other hand, um, just kind of seep in and be a, viewed in a more negative light as life progresses. It, it shows resilience also. Resilience. Okay. We went through that journey when we have exile or other problems. We had a march thirty years ago. Yeah. 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 There's um for sure. AJ. That's a great point, AJ. The the idea that there this isn't just a journey of the people who started it. It's also a journey of the people who were born along the way who may not know the entire journey. And so it's recounting to them that journey um, as they're on the eve of going into the land of Israel, um, which will mean that I'm going to bypass that second question there because we've kind of already answered that as well. The Why this section would be at the end of Bamidbar instead of Tvarim, because now in Dvarim, Moshe is going to do his piece, but before that, we need to kind of come together as a community and reflect before the leader has the final word. Um, so I'm going to I'm going to continue on um, so that we can try and get through at least a couple of these texts. Um, Rashi um, has a commentary on. Uh, there's quite a few commentaries on this. The commentators go nuts for these very open-ended um, places to ask questions, um, and they're quite lengthy. So um, Rashi says, uh, why are these stations recorded here? In order to make known the loving acts of the omnipresent, that although God had decreed against them to make them move about and wander in the wilderness, you should not think that they wandered and moved about without cessation from one station to another station all the 40 years, and that they had no rest. For you too, for you see that there are here are only 42 stages. Deduct from them 14, all of which were their stopping places in the first year after they left Egypt, before the decree was made, from the time when they journeyed from Ramses until they came to Rithma, whence the spies were sent out, as it is said, and then he's going to give proof that this happened where it did. Um, uh, so you learn uh, further deduct from them the eight stages um, I'm at the dash further deduct from them the eight stages uh, which were after Aaron's death uh, those from the from Mount Hor to the plains of Moab in the 40th year. It follows that during the whole of the 38 years they made only 20 journeys. Um, this is excerpted from the work of Rabbi Moses the preacher uh, Rabbi Tanhuma gave another explanation of it here. Um, of why these stages are recorded here. Um, there's and there's a parable parable. Sorry, um, it may be compared to the case of a king whose son was ill and whom he took to a distant place to cure him. 
When they returned home, the father began to enumerate all the stages, saying to him, here we slept, here we caught cold, here you had a headache, etc. Um, and this is from the Midrash. So um, to summarize this, why is Rashi saying that uh, the journeys are recounted in Rashi's words? <laughs> to figure out what took them so long? Not, not exactly. He's actually saying that um, that it didn't need to, that it, um, that, yeah, right. So he has an interesting read on it. Yeah, it, it is, to a certain extent, it is what Rashi's saying, that it didn't need to take them so long. It went at a slower pace than it needed to. Um, but there's a little point in there that Rashi's trying to make about why it took so long if it didn't need to take so long. But that's not what Rashi's saying here. Yes, that is practically the reason why it's happening is in part because um, God decides after the incident with the spies that there needs to be a new generation to go into the land, that the current generation isn't ready for it. Um, but Rashi's saying something a little bit different. The parable, why, like, why would he bring that? Okay. Yeah, the precision's important, but that's not quite the point. Rashi, it's... um. It's on that first page um, that is like the crux of his argument. And then he makes the argument and he doesn't, he tries to prove the point again with the end. Um, but what he's saying in the beginning is that, um, that God is doing this slowly so that the people don't have to exert themselves constantly. So that it's not like this hurried hike through the desert, that it's a nice relaxed pace. Um, and in that sense, um, God was actually taking care of them. Um, and then at the end, why do we have this retelling of it? It's because God wants the people to know that even in these moments where looking back, oh yeah, God got angry here. God was still looking out for them the entire time that God was trying to do these loving acts. And that's what the Midrash is trying. It's, it's not like the most straightforward. I'll grant you all that because I see the looks. Um, but the point is that it, it's like it's like a parent. Um, the it's like a parent saying, "I did all these things for you because I care about you." Yeah, kind of. It's kind of like doing all those things. It's more along the lines of, yeah, if you look at all the times that you were asked, "How much longer? Five more minutes? How much longer? Five more minutes?" The journey can seem like it took forever. Um, but if you look back at all those little memories along the way that were happy memories, then you realize that, and you also see where the journey was taking you, then you see that there was an attempt the entire way to show love, even as it was difficult. You had a headache. No, they're not terrible. Let's just say when some, it's like if you take a jet as opposed to fly from here to drive, we're talking about stages. We're yeah, this is where you. Okay, you caught a cold here, but but those those and so um, how do the it's the way to show? Okay, so my question: the stages, you got a headache, you got a cold. Yeah. How do those show God's love? First of all, you got to be trained. I, we all know there's a way. So um, you caught a cold. <laughs> Fair. It's not. It's not the most. Yeah. yeah. It's. It is not the clearest Rashi. I will grant y'all that. Um. But there's a sense that like look back at all these things that happened and. Mm -hmm your Avinu Shabbat Shemaim was with us this entire time. 
that's, I think, kind of the crux of what he's getting at. Um, I want to move um, on, um, just being mindful of time. Um, and I'm going to skip Sforno, um, but I'll summarize really briefly that um, even though he's the shortest text I brought, um, that um, it's a that it's um, in order to complement the Jewish people who had blindly followed God. So look at all these things that they did in blind faith for God. That's why it's recounted word for word, and the Torah is being so verbose here. It's every single act of blind faith that God was going to bring them to the right place at the end um, is um, something that deserves a reward in and of itself. Um, the next text is quite long. Um, and at the same point, I think it's really going to bring um, an interesting read on all this. So um, it's split into two parts. Um, that's why we're, but we're going to break in the middle of it. Um, so um, we're catching him halfway in and he's explaining, because um, like I said, very verbose, um, but he's explaining um, why it is that it begins with that the verse begins, um, these were the marches, um, thinking, using this logic that the word Ela is always used the same way. Um, so, um, but here he's going to focus on a different word. Uh, we also need to emphasize why the Torah chose to emphasize, we also need to explore why the Torah cho chose to emphasize the journeys, i.e. the Israelites breaking camp, rather than to emphasize that they made camp i.e. that they arrived at a destination. The question is especially relevant in view of Tanhuma on our verse, which describes the situation in terms of a parable, which is the one that Rashi brought. So we're going to skip down to, although I will say it's told differently. Um, yes. Okay. So um, I'll, I'll go through the telling if um, you think it makes more sense. A king had a son who was sick, so he took him to one health spa after another. When the son had finally been cured and the father took him back home, the father would reminisce with him about all the various places they had been together prior to the last one where the son had been cured. If the Midrash correctly summarized the reason why the Torah lists all these journeys, it would surely have been more appropriate to list the places where they stopped over, i.e. the arrivals. Uh, we also have yet another Tanhuma which claims the reason the Torah lists all these journeys is so that is so that the desert which hosted the Jewish people during this period would receive its appropriate reward in the future. As alerted to, alluded to by Isaiah 35.1, the arid desert shall be glad, the wilderness shall rejoice. This Midrash too would make better sense if the Torah had concentrated on describing the times spent by the Jewish people camping in the desert um, rather than the occasions when they broke camp. So real quickly, um, just to summarize, and then we're going to continue on. What's Orachayim's difficulty with the use of the word journeys and the way that this verse is being set up? What, what's his problem that he's then going to solve in the next part? Great. They're, they're, the emphasis in this is that they left and not that they arrived someplace. Um, so um, I'm going to continue on. Yeah, yeah. Well, that that we're emphasizing the fact that they went on the journey and not that they actually got to the destination. Um, so that that's um, that comes out in the way that it's um, in the use of the idea of journeys that they left the camp. Um, we're going to continue on um, and um, just stay with me because it's going to get a little something. Um, 
Yeah, Zohar. Um, it's going to get a little Kabbalistic. Um, our verse may be understood when we consider what the Zohar um, has to say about the purpose of the Israelites' trek through the desert. It was meant to enable the Israelites to seek out isolated sparks of sanctity, sanctity and to release them from captivity. These sparks had been taken captive by the spiritually negative forces who have made their home in the desert. God made the um, Israelites travel through such places in order that their sanctity would act as a magnet and attract such lost sparks of sanctity. The only way this could be accomplished was by means of total sanctity, i.e. a combination of the sanctity of Israel, the presence of God, Shekhinah, and the Holy Torah. It required the presence of 600,000 souls, which originated in holy domains. Moses matched these 600 individually holy souls, as he is perceived as the tree from which all these souls are branches. Um, in a combined effort, these forces of sanctity were able to overcome the forces of impurity, which kept many of the lost sparks of sanctity captive. According to the Zohar, then, these sparks could be captured while the Israelites were actively journeying, not while they were passively encamped. And it is this that the Torah has in mind when writing, these are the journeys. The word Ela is indeed in sharp contrast to any other journeys ever described anywhere, as never before had there been a journey, which was accompanied by so many elements of sanctity. So according to the Orachayim, why are the journeys being recounted then? It's the journey, not the destination. Yeah. Great. Um, what lesson comes out of that then? Oh, yeah. The lesson is, is applied to the work 60 years to learn from Caesar Chavez. It's God was with us. So the lesson is that God was with us yes. on the journey, that, that the journey wasn't being undertaken alone. Yeah. Fair enough. We don't need to necessarily get into the Kabbalistic, but. So Sandra brought up this idea of um, good versus negativity, we'll call it, or um, and a question of whether or not that's kind of what's coming out of it. I'm going to use the contrast that you're bringing in, but change the language, if that's all right. It's an idea of the ability to bring holiness to places that may be lacking it. The idea, and so all the more so this idea that in the desert where there's nothing, there is nothing, um, that even there the Israelites were able to bring holiness through the correct actions, through, among other things, community, right? It, it really brings up this idea that they all need to be together to make this happen. Um, if there isn't the community, it doesn't happen. Um, so there is a sense that you need the... Uh, that that holiness can be brought through community in any place. Yeah, yeah. So that that was, yeah. We'll get there in a second. Beautiful. So there's the sense that um, that the people needed to go through the desert to gain the holiness. They're the magnets for holiness. They become holy in the process. But if there isn't the journey, they're just the same people that left Egypt. They're not that they're not they're the people who are capable of attaining that holiness, but they haven't yet attained it. And so the journey is really necessary. And that's where. Um, yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. Go ahead. Yeah. Are they this are the experiences and sparks of holiness the same thing? 
Um, I don't know that they're talking about the same thing in terms of, I think there's an intentional difference in the language they're using, but they are contemporaries. Um, no, they're not contemporaries. Um, Ora Chaim has access to Rashi. Rashi does not have access to Ora Chaim. Um, but, but they are talking about something similar, which is why I brought in the last source, which is the most contemporary source and not inherently a Jewish one. Um, there's a sense that um, regardless of what you're, whether you're talking about sparks or experiences, there's something that you gain from journeys that you don't gain from sitting in place. So that's why I, I brought in this, um, yeah, yeah that, this last text. Um, from Miley Cyrus, The Climb, which I won't sing for everyone's benefit. Um, but uh, every step I'm taking, every move I make feels lost with no direction, my faith is shaking. But I, I gotta keep trying, gotta keep my head held high. There's always gonna be another mountain. I'm always gonna wanna make it move. Always gonna be an uphill battle. Sometimes I'm gonna have to lose. Ain't about how fast I get there. Ain't about what's waiting on the other side. It's The Climb. So I'll close by saying that um, we're all on many journeys at any point in our life. And my hope is that we're able to reflect back on the journeys that we've already experienced and take something from them to help us on the journeys that we're undertaking. But more than that, that we're able to, in the moment, um, really be able to appreciate the value of the journey itself and understand that the journey is what um, what really brings us the experience to go on and take on whatever the next journey is. You have been listening to another in our series of podcasts from Temple Beth Am, a dynamic center for conservative Judaism in Los Angeles. If you enjoy these podcasts, we invite you to write a review on the Apple podcast site or wherever you get your podcasts. For more information about Temple Beth Am, Los Angeles, go to TBA. LA.org.